Welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. It's a solo episode. Uh, I haven't done one of these in a little bit, but I felt like doing one, so I'm doing one. How's it going? I'm talking to you from the inside of a 2018 Ford Mustang GT. I just got done shooting um, some static B-roll and my in-car thoughts. We shot moving footage the other day over the weekend. Um, I just needed to get the other half done before I head out on a little trip. Uh, but let's talk about the Mustang since I'm sitting in it. Um, this thing's pretty good. I gotta say line lock works very effectively. I don't know if you know that, but line lock does its job. I only used it twice, so I'm not totally abusing this car, but I did have to test it in the name of science. Uh, so we did line lock, we had cameras on it, uh, I can't get the rubber outside the rear fender wells when I tried to wash it, so I apologize for that, but at least I didn't totally demolish these absolutely wonderful Michelin Pilot Super Sport 4S tires that are an optional extra. It comes on the Performance Package 1, 275-40R19, gorgeous, gorgeous set of tires. Uh, they really, really work well on this thing. Um, the V8, this is a five liter V8 with a six manual transmission. I would like to have tested the auto just to test it, but I would much rather be driving the manual. The manual gearbox in this thing is great. They adjusted the flywheel a little bit to make it easier just to drive the drivability of it easier. It shifts wonderfully. It's, it's like, it's like nicely notchy, not too bad. The pedals are set up easy for heel towing. Uh, visibility is much better than it would be in a Camaro. This car also is the premium package, so it has the t new 12-inch uh, um, gauge cluster that's fully configurable. Uh, you can change the colors depending on which drive mode you're in. You can so have it show different gauges and, and all the information you need there. Um, and then with the active performance exhaust, you can run this in quiet mode. You can actually set it to be in quiet mode for certain times of day. So if you come out in the morning before work to start this, it can start in quiet mode, which is pretty cool. Or you can say, fuck your neighbors and put it into track mode and roar out of your neighborhood. I've been leaving this thing in track uh, just because it's the loudest exhaust setting and this exhaust sounds really good with this five liter v8 uh and the suspension this has magnetic ride is not punishing at all it's it's comfortable even in track mode uh the neat thing in drag strip mode it actually softens the rear for better launches which is kind of cool and i just realized i forgot to say that in my video so fuck um all right it'll i'll add it in in via text or i'll just i don't know i'll say something else Ah, uh, shit, I really wanted to add that point. Okay, I gotta crack this door so I'm not sweating my bowels off in this garage. I just pulled it into my garage, that's why. Um, so let's see, what else is going on? Um, oh yeah, so line lock, you get 15 seconds worth of line lock fun. There's an animation in this, if you get the premium and you get this better gauge cluster, there's an animation of a spinning tire and smoke, and the tire spinning speed matches the actual rear wheel speed that's going on. That's, I mean, that's really cool. Apparently Ford engineers put over 2,000 hours of development time into this gauge cluster and it works rather well. Um, I just got to look at the time so I see how long this goes. Okay. Um, so the car's great. I really, really like it. You're going to be slower than a Camaro buyer. 
I mean, Camaro, the Alpha platform cars are just kicking so much ass. I like the way this one looks better. I like sitting inside this one better. The noise is negligible. They each have their pluses and minuses there. This one sounds really good, though. Uh, I would rather have the, I mean, really, I'd rather have the Challenger just because I don't need a sports car. I'd rather have the big, I know I'd lose all the races with the Challenger, but I, you know, 485 horsepower shaker. Challenger, or I'd really get the Chargers, what I'd really get. But um, if we're comparing the three coupes, the Camaro and the Mustang are the better sports cars. The Challenger is the better everyday cruiser car, and I would take that one. Um, but this Mustang is really, really, really good. The, there's a bit of an issue with the price, though. This car is in the 40s, and you can build a $50,000 Mustang GT. Why are you doing that if you could just spend a few more grand um, and get the GT350, assuming no dealer markup. I mean, it'd be, you'd be crazy not to jump to that. Now, it's going to get even muddier when the Performance Pack 2 is out because that's running a 305 square setup um, and has a few other aero tweaks and, and more aggressive suspension tuning. You're, you're, I mean, you're a half step away from the GT350. Why not just get the one with the better sounding engine because it has the flat plane crank versus the cross plane? And just a more focused vehicle that's still very streetable. You're crazy at that point to spend over $50,000 on a GT. Um, but as it sits, if you can get one in the in the high 30s, because you, you want the premium for the better gauge cluster. You want the performance pack for the better wheels and tires, upgraded Brembo brakes, and the active performance exhaust and all that stuff. I don't need the Recaro seats. I don't I forget if I don't think this has the Recaros. Um and I don't want the Recaros. These seats are nice and comfortable. Uh, gearbox good, engine noise good. All of it is very, very good. Now, moving on a bit to what's going on this week. Uh, I am getting in this Mustang tomorrow. Well, today, if you're listening to this, and I'm heading out to Palm Springs. I'm driving the new Subaru WRX STI Type RA and the Subaru BRZ TS. So these are the limited run track special versions of their respective cars. I think 500 of each unit. Um, this should be interesting because we are going to drive them on a racetrack and I love driving cars on a racetrack. I'll actually be driving to the event. I have to go pick up Jason Fenske in Laguna Beach because he's in town for an event and I told Subaru I'd go pick him up for them. Uh, if you don't know who Jason Fenske is, he's the man behind the Engineering Explained YouTube channel, which you should be paying attention to. Jason has managed to generate some pretty awesome content that's, that's very niche. He knows what he's talking about and he's whipped that channel into shape in a year and gone from, I think when I first saw the channel, maybe a year ago, he was at 700 something thousand subscribers and I think he's at 1.7 now, which is, I mean, if you have a, if you have a YouTube channel with over a million subs, um, you, you're making money. That's a job and you're, you're most likely making six figures as well. So kudos to Jason. I might see if I can convince him to do a little on the road podcast. Like we did that one time with Andrew Collins and you all seem to like that. That was in the DB 11 V 12. Um, cause I was in the V eight when I jumped, well, when Klein jumped it. So uh, I'm really excited to drive those cars. I'm really excited to drive this track, actually. We'll be driving... I had a lot of coffee, which is why I'm talking so fast. I just realized I had a, about a pot of coffee so far this morning. Um, so the thermal. I'm very excited to drive thermal 
um, the Palm Springs Country Club Raceway. I've heard it's, I've heard mixed reviews. I've, I've, no bad reviews, but I've heard some people say it's very easy to drive because it's set up for wealthy guys to go fast. So there's nothing too technical. But a friend of the show, my buddy Matt Ferris said, Thermal's an awesome track where you can really just have fun and explore the car a bit comfortably because there's, there's runoff and, you know, there's room, um, for rich guys to mess up, but more experienced guys to push harder, which makes sense. Um, so that's fun. So those would be good. Now, then I'm taking a Land Cruiser to Big Bear for the weekend. Uh, wifey and kiddo and I and, and uh, another couple we're friends with are going to Big Bear. So I'll actually drive a Land Cruiser hopefully through some snow. I'll be reviewing that Land Cruiser for Truck Central, which is a, a channel. My reviews are starting to filter out on that channel. We've done F-150 and Infinity QX80 just went up. And then I already shot a review of the new Expedition, which was way better than I expected it to be. I went in with pretty low expectations. Um, and then the Land Cruiser will be up there, and we have a few other vehicles coming soon for that one. Um, so that's been fun shooting those. But the Land Cruiser, that arrived today, and I've only I've literally moved it 15 feet to put it into a parking spot. And the V8 is so loud, and the price tag is so high. And I, I know these things. I didn't expect the engine to be as loud as it is. And not exhausty loud, but like um, engine fan loud. It's just like, like, I can't describe the loudness of it. It's not like a good rumbly loud. It's like a, this engine is, is begging for mercy loud. And, but we'll get it out on the road and see how it goes. But it's $90,000, which is just wild. Um, I know it's very capable, but good Lord, it's crazy. The week after that, after I get back from Big Bear, I'm home for a day, and then I get on a long flight to France. I'm going to Corsica, and I'll be driving the new Jag E-Pace, which is mildly interesting, um, but I've never been to Corsica, and I was talking to Brian Scotto from Hoonigan. I told him I was going on this trip, and he immediately had an, an amazing idea that I should retrace Colin McRae's routes on the old Corsica rally stages. And that is fucking brilliant. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can pull that off at all. That I mean, that's not going to be easy because I'll have a driving partner. Um, but we'll see if she's up to the tat. I already know who my driving partner is, a very cool New York journalist named Sherry. Uh, she's more lifestyle, uh, but she loves cars. Um, so maybe she'll be down to go. I mean, that's a really, really cool idea, especially because I also just watched... Uh, I've only seen one episode of the, this season of the Grand Tour, but everybody was talking about the most recent episode because of Jeremy Clarkson's piece on the battle between Audi and Lancia. So I went back and watched that, and that now has me even more amped to find the Corsica rally stages. Uh, if you haven't watched that yet and you have Amazon Prime, you should go watch it because this was like vintage, excellent Top Gear. Um, when they used to d take a subject and dive into it with tremendous knowledge and insight and amazingly beautiful footage and interviews from people who were there. So they talk about how Audi basically convinced the FIA that the rally racing, they should allow all uh, four-wheel drive vehicles. And that's how Quattro came to be. And then Audi was set to fucking absolutely dominate. Lancia with typical Italian flair was like, nah, we'll still get it done with rear wheel drive and through gray area applications of the rules. And one of the greatest drivers all time in Walter Roll, Walter Rural, they won. 
They fucking won. They won the constructor championship, but they didn't care enough to continue on to let their other driver go on to win the driver championship. They're like, we won. We're good. We're done. Um, it's amazing. It's a, it's a really good piece and it's, it's worthy of your time. And one of the old rally stages was Corsica. So I want to go check that out. Now I'll be, I'll be, if I do it, I'll be doing it in a Jag E-Pace. So it won't be thrilling, but anytime you use a vehicle in a manner where maybe it isn't supposed to be used, though you could argue this could be a fun way to use a Jag. So, I mean, hell on the Grand Tour, they're using the F type as like a rally cross vehicle. So, uh, maybe I'll do a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge with the land, the Jaguar people who are, who are good PR people who get it when you want to do something fun. You know, every outlet can review a car. The voice will be slightly different, but the, the review is going to be mostly the same. So if I could do something more fun, why the hell not? Right? Yeah. And these are going to probably going to be pre-production cars anyway. So if they get a little beat up, who gives a shit? They're going to be crushed. So that's what's going on there. What other cars do we have coming up? Oh, uh, what did I just schedule? Oh, I'm getting the wide body Hellcat when I get, uh, I'm going to Hawaii on vacation in a month. Well, less than a month now. Um, so that'll be really good getaway. Uh, just wifey and kiddo and myself renting a house in Hawaii. We've always wanted to do Kauai. So we're doing Kauai. No, I th- it's going to be one of my first actual rental cars in a long time which is a douchey, pretentious thing to say, but it's also true and it sucks. There's no press fleet in Hawaii where I can bum a vehicle from someone. So I'm renting like either a, a, a Corolla or, you know, an Elantra or something like that. And we're, we're bombing around Hawaii and having fun. Um, and it'll be great. And I don't give a shit about the car one bit at all. Um, it'll probably be one of the most fun vehicles I drive in some time because it's a rental car. But when we get back, when we land at LAX, we're getting into the wide body Hellcat, which my wife does not know yet and will be awesome. Um, also getting the Durango SRT, which is a vehicle I'm genuinely curious about. I think that has the 485 horse motor. I think I know. Um, I'm pretty sure it has that motor. So that, that should be that should be entertaining, to say the least. I'm curious if there's a rear-wheel drive, like if you can do a two-wheel drive mode. That, and when you can, Chrysler's usually pretty liberal about traction control, so we'll see. It'd be pretty hilarious to do some some dumb shit in that vehicle. Uh, also, another random vehicle I'm getting is the um, the Tahoe RST, which is like some performance. I think it makes 420. No, that... I got to double check on that. I know there's, there's, there's some interesting motor in the Tahoe RST. So I'm curious on that one. I'm trying to get my hands on the JL Wrangler. Our East coast editor, Camille Kaluski posted a review of the JL Wrangler, but I'm kind of, I'm trying to get it for video purposes when it would be for Hooniverse and truck central. Um, there is it, I feel like there's some other cool stuff on the calendar that I can't think of right now. That must not be that cool. Um, now uh, my own vehicles, we talk about my own vehicles. Um, I am on the hunt for garage space in Southern California for my Wombat. I am currently paying to store that vehicle, and it is killing me to send that money every month. It's killing me. Um, I just I, I, I get sad every time I do it because it's, it's, it just sucks. So if anybody has some empty corner space in their garage where they wouldn't mind a car sitting for a little bit, and this would be a big ask... Um, and then immediately, if you gave me the okay, and then 
down the road, you need that car gone. Uh, I'll come and get it. That's not a big, you know, it, that's, that'd be understood, but you would be helping out the Hooniverse podcast if you could help us store the wombat for a little bit. I can't send it too far outside of Southern California. A uh, friend of the show and host of Camden Tubbed and other great uh, podcasts, Bradley Brownell, has said that if I get it to Reno, I can store it there, but I just don't want to send it to Reno. That's too far. Um, that's just, just too far. But I'm, I'm working on things. I'm still pitching out, um, companies to try to help me with sponsorship of the vehicle. Some people have suggested doing a GoFundMe. Uh, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. I already feel bad about doing Patreon as it is, um, but I don't want to ask you guys to fund my car. It's, it's my car. I'll figure it out. Um, so there's that. But but I'm still talking. I mean, I'm not giving up on the vehicle, even though, um, yeah whatever. Now the other Benz is in the shop. I just dropped that off last week to, I was, I was trying to do, I was trying to replace the driver's side door seal and the wind, the felt window run channel. And I just, I was getting so frustrated over something that should be so easy. I, I, I called up the mechanic at Leistung and asked him if he could get the car in. And he said, yes, on the way over there, the engine started hesitating and surging and sounding like shit and backfired a couple times. So it was pretty good timing that I got it in. Hopefully it is just timing uh, and or uh, a, the carb needs a tune up, something simple. That's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see. Um, you never know. I'm just hoping he doesn't come back with some awful news. I don't think he will, um, but we'll see. I had other plans for that, but I just want to get those two things done because I just bought a mountain bike and that's that mountain bikes are not cheap. Um, so that kind of ate into the Mercedes budget. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get into mountain biking, <laughs> which is not about cars, but apparently most of my car friends on the internet already mountain bike, which is hilarious. Everybody's coming out of the woodwork saying I ride this bike or I can get discounts at this company. So, you know, that's good. I went on my first ride and it was awesome. I loved it. Um, and if you want to chat anything mountain bike, hit me up on Twitter at Jay Glucker or on uh, Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Now I did, I didn't ask Facebook or Twitter for questions, but I did ask the Patreon folks if they had any questions, um, on short notice. Uh, so we got a few questions. Um, and again, Patreon is better than the rest of you, as you, you know, you all know that. So first up from Ben Reif. Hey Jeff, do you think the new Ranger only debuting with just the 2.3 EcoBoost is going to hurt its sales? Which engines do you, what engines do you think it will get in the future? I think a diesel would be a great option. I don't think the 2.3 EcoBoost is going to hurt its sales because I don't think the small truck buyer is as, oh, I need a V8. Uh, as the, the full size truck buyer. And also everybody knows by now that the 2.3 EcoBoost is a pretty great engine. Uh, in the future, I think it would be amazing if they offered that new three liter diesel that's coming out for the F-150. Um, that, that would be incredible in, in the Ranger, but the 2.3 EcoBoost is, I think could be pretty awesome. I'm really curious how that thing's going to sell. Well, people were complaining like crazy when it went away. Um, but hopefully they buy it now that it's coming back. Dan Mosqueda, how much time does it take you to plan, shoot, edit, and post a video? Uh, really depends if I'm super excited and I get all my stuff done. So the planning stage, unless I have a clear plan in mind, I don't 
plan because it's there. My reviews are the same. My reviews are basically the same unless we have something really interesting or a really cool idea. That'll take a little bit of planning, but generally we just we just kind of knock it out. Um, the editing. Again, the longest part of editing for me, honestly, is finding the right music because that sets the tone for me. So I search and search and search. Sometimes that takes hours for me to find the right music. Other time I find it right away and I just start diving in and I can knock a video out in a day. Um, but generally it probably takes a few days. And then when I'm done, I usually post it that night for the next day or wait and post it the following week. Now, if I'm shooting a video for a client, that's different. I will do pre-production. I will plan the video because uh, I don't want to fuck it up. If I fuck up my own video, I fuck up my own video. That you know, whatever that happens. But uh, I don't. I can't fuck up a client video. So, depending on the video, it could take uh, a week to to plan it out. Um, yeah, you know, like not the full week, but you're spending a few hours each day, really, you know, really planning. Um, and then if, depending on how long the video is and how much footage you shot for a client, you know, if there's two, an A and a B camera and all the audio and then all the B roll from those A and B cameras. And, um, I mean, just taking that footage in takes a while. And, and like when we shot the two videos I shot for Optima batteries on John Kerry's Porsche, that took a bit of planning and a couple days of shooting and, you know, a bunch of editing. Cause you go back and forth with the client when they're like, Oh, by the way, we want captions, which as I found out, takes a shit ton of work unless you pay someone to transcribe the video for you. You have to literally go through and time code and listen to what's being said and, and, put it into this format that the editing software I use, which is Premiere, can read it, and then it adds, it's, it was a process, but um, the end result was a good video, so I was happy about that. Shot some beer videos that were fun, too. Um, that that took a little bit less planning than the car stuff, just because they, they was, were pretty straightforward. But we have another video we want to shoot for Four Sons Brewing. If we can get the okay from them, that would take a lot more planning, but it would be super awesome, but I don't want to, I don't want to, um, spoil it too. Well, he, the idea is generally, uh, if you've seen the movie Lord of War, that opening scene, but related to beer. Um, so that, I mean, that just spoils it completely, but whatever. I'm an idiot. Marshall Cash. How's working on Truck Central? Will they let you make another Rugged Ridge video? I've actually been offered to do Rugged Ridge stuff and I almost want to, um, in either the most fucked up way. I, I just don't want to like I'd feel bad for Rugged Ridge if I didn't take it seriously. Working for Truck Central has been great. The owner of the channel is very nice. Uh, he he pays right away, which is great. Um, he's very happy with the work I'm delivering, which is also good too. And um, yeah, we'll see. Um, the initial plan is to do ten videos and then see where we go from there. So uh, I'm very happy with those videos because they're they're rel I'm putting more work into them than we both planned on, but that's because I am putting more effort into them than we discussed. So that's on me, which is not a bad thing. It's just what it is. Bobby Reed, how do you feel the new Mustang ranks in interior build quality and design areas that have never been the Mustang strong suit? The interior of this vehicle is fantastic. Everything looks buttoned together nicely. The soft touch bits feel soft. The extra um, leather bit on the inside of the, the door looks good. There's this faux aluminum trim that actually looks really nice. It's better than faux. I don't even know. It's like a blend between faux aluminum and faux carbon, but it works. The steering wheel feels good. The seats feel good. I, I, I have no complaints on the inside of this vehicle. The switch gear feels, doesn't feel chintzy at all. 
I'm very, very happy with the way this 28 Mustang is sitting, and I am literally sitting in it right now. So it's it's good stuff. It's it's yeah. It was this is a fun car to shoot. I uh, wish you know you always wish you could do a few more things and get more creative with these videos, but there's just no return to do so. There's there's no return to do them at the level I'm doing them now. Um, and we've even backed it down from some of the stuff we used to do. Uh, but it, it's hard not to still put in, you know, a decent amount of effort because it is your product and you want it to look good. But I'm able to do that, I think, with um, less gear and a little bit less effort in terms of time spent shooting. Um, don't always necessarily have to break out the big camera as much because the GoPro 5s are that good. GoPro 5s with proper color correction and image stabilization. And then, um, I also now use the, um, the karma grip, which is the handheld stabilizer for the GoPros. Um, I can get some really good footage with that as well. Yeah. I mean, so if you can plan your stuff accordingly and, and make good use of your time, it, it I'm still not getting the return just because we don't have the subscriber base, um, that, you know, one of the top comments on a lot of our videos, how do you not have more subscribers? I don't know. I think it's just, we don't, we don't post often enough. That's really what it is. If you look at what Freddie Hernandez has done with his channel, I'm blown away. Tavarish, uh, he, he posts consistently and it's clear that that is the key. Again, people are resonating with his stuff because he's in there and he's really doing the wrenching. And I, I, I love what he's doing with his channel and he's having a lot of fun with these various project cars. Um, and I mean, he's, he's blown that channel up. I think he's already over 150,000 subscribers and I'm very happy for him that he's done that. He worked hard and it shows that if you just focus and churn out content and I tried to do that for a little bit with doing some of the vloggy stuff and the shift happens and I still do the shift happens, but I just can't do daily videos. I don't, I'm not a vloggy guy. Um, I just don't think there's, I just can't find a subject on a daily basis. That's that's interesting. I mean, I could show you my workflow for editing a video, but that's that's one video. I could show you cleaning up my garage, but that's boring as fuck. Um, when my Mercedes is here, I have things I can work on, so that's good. That helps eat up a lot of shift happens. I could probably do some more behind-the-scenes stuff on when we're shooting these videos. Maybe that's not a bad idea to help increase the content, uh, but it's hard to be motivated to do that because just there's no money in YouTube right now, unless you are, have a channel that's at least, at least six figures in terms of subs and you are, are working, um, with sponsors to create appropriate content. Like when we do stuff with Valvoline. So hopefully I can find more of that. Um, but we'll see, we will see. Maybe I'll chat with Jason about what he's doing with his 1.6 million, uh, subscribers and we can figure something out. Hell, I think a mention on his channel would be pretty awesome. Maybe I can, maybe I can weasel one of those out. Um, that'd be pretty funny. So we'll see. Hopefully I can convince him to do a podcast tomorrow. I think I can because he's actually, uh, he's a pretty chill dude. I've, I've had dinner with Jason. I've seen Jason at a couple events now. Very nice guy. Very, very happy for his success because he is a nice guy too. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's, what's coming up. We have the Subaru coming up. The two Subarus, I'm going to try to do two videos, I think, and I want to release them at the same time. We're at the end of each video. So if you like this one, go check out this one. We'll see how that experiment goes. Um, I'm probably going to, I might actually write about the vehicles for Jalopnik as well. I was talking to Patrick George and Andrew Collins, so I might do a written piece on those vehicles for Jalop. So keep an eye out for that. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what else is going on. Uh, I'm trying to get to Lemons in March, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that one off. I'll be driving the RS5 in March, so that'll be good. Uh, what the hell else do I have going on? Oh, Kia's doing something in the snow. No, I'm driving the RS5 in February, excuse me. Kia's doing something in the snow in March with the Stinger GT. They're out, the Sorrento's there too, but I don't care about that. Stinger GT on a snow course in Crested Butte. So that should be pretty rad and will help me make up for the BS video I did of the Stinger GT in the snow back east, well, the slush. But So hopefully I can get that thing sliding sideways uh, with some proper cameras on it and have some good fun. So we'll see on that. Um, and I'll keep it all posted. Uh, I, we might have one SEMA episode left, so don't hate us on that. We might not. It's going to be one of those ones that if we can't get our shit together and record in a given week, we'll throw it out there. So just just skip it if you don't like the SEMA episodes. But I implore you to, to at least give it a little bit of a listen. Um, but, you know, whatever. If it's not your bag, it's not your bag. Um, so Mercedes, hopefully I have an update on that soon, later this week for the next podcast. And yeah, so the next episode might be with Fenske and we'll go from there. Um, in the meantime, I hope everybody is having a wonderful 2018. Hit me up on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Hit me up on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Share it with your friends and family. Yeah, I think it still matters if you like and rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I haven't asked anyone to do that in a long time, um, but that'd be cool. And if you honestly, if you have or know someone who might be interested in holding on to the Wombat for a little bit just to help me out with some space and saving some money on a monthly basis, email me, jeff at hooniverse.com. I'm not expecting to hear from anybody, but if I do, you'd be greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, that would be that would be wonderful. Uh, sorry this one's so short. I, I was shooting for the 30-minute mark, and we're right about there. Solo episodes are hard to just ramble on. Uh, maybe if I didn't talk so fucking fast, it would have been a 40 to 45-minute episode, but you don't need to hear me for that long. Hopefully, I helped you on your brief morning commute or your more or your drive home uh, and did all that. So if I made you laugh or smile today, that makes me laugh or smile, which is a weird, touchy-feely way to end this, but I will see you mother effers soon. Bye.